This is the EDMpreneur Podcast, Episode 2. Welcome everyone to the EDMpreneur Podcast. Today I have Sam Matla on the call. Hey Sam, how's it going, man? It's going awesome, Levi. Cool. So for everybody out there, Sam is an electronic music producer and founder of EDMprod.com. He's got an awesome heart for teaching people how to make music. Just give us a little overview of what you do and uh, we'll just keep going from there. Yep. So like Levi said, I run EDMprod.com. Um, which has been around for almost a year now. And I also produce music under the alias of Chasm, not Kazam, Chasm. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much all I do uh, full time. What I kind of want to start with today, because we, we have a previous relationship, both being in the scene. And so we've gotten to talk over the last few months. How has teaching impacted your productions and how, is, how has that uh, affected what you do? in the studio if it has Mm, that's that's a good question i think you know it makes me try harder almost because if you're teaching music you have to be able to uh, back that up with your own work because no one wants to learn from a teacher who can't put out a good product um so that's sort of how i look at it yeah i I think it's about the quality of, of work that's put out and being a lot more critical about my own work so you know i only release about maybe one in 10 songs I actually finish. Mm. You know, maybe a year ago, it would have been a lot more than that. So when did you realize that you want to start producing music? Uh, ooh. <laughs> would have been about five years ago, I think now. And I was sort of, I've always been a musician, so play drums and guitar and loved them. And then one day I got an iTunes voucher. Uh, I think it was for my birthday or something. <laughs> and um, I was looking for some new music, so I traveled across this, or found this uh, compilation, Trance and Techno compilation, and the songs were horrible in hindsight, but I, at the time I really enjoyed them, and I thought, you know what, I'll get more of this stuff, found out about Bass Hunter, uh, and then I was like, I wonder how this is made, so I did a bit of research and then ended up downloading, well, I downloaded a tracker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was called, can't actually remember, Open Tracker or something. Super confusing. Ended up getting FL Studio and rest was history. So uh, who were your early inspirations? So obviously Bass Hunter was one of your early inspirations. Yeah, yeah. Bass Hunter, that old trance like Alice DJ, uh, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's awesome. Even before my time, like I'm not that old, so it was, you know, kind of weird for me to be listening to that um and earlier dubstep so i got into ukf and then i sort of went back from there um to artists like scream and benga and check them out and you know i started off making making dubstep which a lot of people don't know but yeah that's cool that's pretty much that so you're in new zealand yeah and uh how how is like the internet affected what you do and 
And I, I think personally for me, it's like, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without the internet. So what, what are uh, your thoughts on what that's done for your career and how that's helped you grow as an artist? It's, um, that's vital in, in my opinion, because I, I don't live in a city. I live about an hour out of one. And aside from one or two other people, I'm the only producer I know of in like a 40, 50 mile radius. <laughs> so, so without the internet, it's sort of like, I mean, you can make music, but it's just not going to get out there otherwise. So it's, it's had a huge impact. Um, I think local connections are important. I think the internet, while it's awesome, like being able to meet people in person, it's always a better relationship, you know, but that's not always possible. So right. I don't know. What was one of the hardest things that you had to master as a producer or that you're still working on trying to get figured out? I don't think I've mastered anything yet. <laughs> I think that's one of the things, being a producer, you're always, always striving to be better, always striving to learn more. And if you're not, then you're, you're stuck in a bad place. Uh, but there are a few things that stick out as difficult. So the first one was compression. And I think that's what a lot of producers struggle with. But, you know, it's easy to understand EQ, gain staging, and a theory behind it. But compression, it took a long time for me to understand and even use. So I was sort of using it because people recommended it. Like you should be using compression on drums, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'd chuck a compressor on, not know how to use it, but just, you know, turn a few knobs. That took a long time to, I'm not going to say master, but understand and be able to sort of listen to. I think ear development takes a while. Some people, not as long as others, but ear development is one of those things you can't hack, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, also, mixing, I think, takes a while, again, because of the air development. You can learn uh, music theory and understand it in maybe a week or the basics, but mixing is just one of those things that gets better over time. In terms of production, I'd say, like, track flow, like getting each section to flow into the next seamlessly. Right. And that's what I notice a lot in, in newer producers, that the ideas are there, but the track just doesn't flow and it sort of throws off the listener. Mm-hmm. So, so you use, you use a lot of things like Facebook groups to share uh, when you have new articles that you post on your website and, and all that. Talk about how uh, people can use Facebook to actually benefit them and not just be a waste of time. Like a lot of people find themselves just kind of sitting around on Facebook, but it, it seems like you're using it in a, in a way that's going to, that helps your brand uh, get get out there and helps people, you know, increase their skills too. Yeah. So you're talking about EDM prod. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I made a group for two reasons. The first one was that it allowed for easier communication uh, between readers and and it gave a place for people to discuss production because uh, there's a lot of groups that they're sort of they they're advertised as a place to discuss things but they turn into um, promotion, spam fests, all that kind of stuff, Right. which is, I mean, it's fine. Some groups, you know, it's good to have that outlet, but um, it often gets crowded and turns into a negative place. So I decided to have no, uh, no promotion at all and eventually no feedback uh, just because there was a huge sort of imbalance of people giving feedback and people asking for feedback. It's helped my brand because because of Facebook's page reach. 
which mm. uh, is not that fantastic. I mean, it's getting better, I think, but just having that place to, to ask questions, uh, find out what people are looking for, finding out their problems, and then fixing them. So, yeah, I think Facebook groups, and also as an artist, that's a good way to you know build that stronger connection with your yeah. fans. Yeah. I think it's really important, and that doesn't happen much with Facebook pages right. unless you're a social media whiz. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you know, spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that. So you also have an email newsletter that you put out. Uh, how often do you put that out? Yeah, so I, I send a weekly tip on uh, Mondays, but I think it's Sundays for a lot of people in the US. Okay, yeah. And that's just normally a quick email with a, a tip. Like this week it was um, on parallel distortion. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah? Oh, thanks, man. I, I was like, oh, this is cool. I, could, I can use this right away. <laughs> that's a cool thing about it is like you're, you're giving tips that are, that are easily apply it you know yeah you can can apply it right away i remember the one before that was uh the five free plugins that everyone Mm. should have and i went and downloaded almost all those because i was like oh this is a great resource (laughs) so you're full of those resources yeah i'm I'm glad it's helpful um but yeah those emails you know they're not full blog posts because right on the on the website i'm trying to focus on giving you know big articles big resources and you can't put that in an email because people just aren't going to read it. Uh, sure. So, just those short, consumable pieces of content. And then I'll normally send an email out uh, when I post an article, if it's, if it's big enough. I'd like to sort of work on, work on that newsletter, though. Maybe run a survey and see what people are looking for. Because yeah. I feel like it could be better. Yeah, always, uh, always optimizing. Do you have a different list for your, uh, for your Chasm releases? Or how are you promoting those do you no i promote those at all via email no not at all i don't have an email newsletter for chasm okay in, in fact i sort of wanted to talk about that um yeah okay last year to give a bit of a backstory to this whole thing sure um i was running a blog on productivity and minimalism which is kind of funny because i've always been into blogging and internet marketing yeah and then i decided you know what there's no future in this i don't even enjoy it I mean, I like productivity, but I just don't want to be doing it for the next five years. I'd been producing music on this side the whole time. And I sat down and I thought, you know, this was June 12th last year, 2013. So two days from now. Wow. I don't know. I don't know when this is being published, but at the time of recording. So uh, I sat down and I said, today I quit the productivity blog and I go into music and music education full-time. Now, EDM Prod uh, was supposed to be a side project, and my music was supposed to come first. Uh-huh, okay. And that switched very quickly, um, and EDM Prod sort of became the forefront, which I'm completely happy with yeah. uh, personally, but it just means my artist um, project has sort of gone on the back burner a little bit. So that's one reason why I haven't got an email newsletter for Chasm, but I do have to work on that. And I think, I think it's what a lot of artists should be doing. And Ill Gates talks about having an email newsletter, really important because um, applications like MailChimp, they allow you to see uh, where your email subscribers live too. So, you know, that's, that's good for touring. Um, it's just a way better way to connect, especially with Facebook's reach. So, 
yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure you'd agree with me when I say that all artists should have one. Totally. I'm a huge proponent of email. And that's why one of the reasons I was excited to have you on is because I know that you use that and, and uh, I'm using it too. And it's just, it's really great to get, you know, even get responses. I, I emailed everybody and was like, hey, just a little quick survey. Not, I didn't even do like a, like a, you know, like a woofoo thing or an, or an offsite survey. It was like, just reply to this email, tell me who you are. And mm-hmm. so I can get you kind of sorted better. It was really great to get responses from people all over the world. And they were like, hey, love the music. I'm yeah. just a listener or I'm a DJ or I'm a producer. And uh, you can get feedback really easily. And one one thing I'll, I'll just kind of say, just kind of throw in here, yeah, is sure. that um, don't let Facebook, <laughs> for people who are listening, don't let your Facebook uh, responses like get you down because it's really easy to feel like no one's paying attention to what you're doing on mm. Facebook just because of the mechanics of how Facebook actually works. Mm. So you may be like, oh, my music must suck because no one is like commenting or anything. And it's like, well, part of it is because Facebook is ranking your posts according to how they think it should be posted. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really not a good representation of how people are actually feeling about what you're doing. So what do you what do you think about that? I mean, that's probably part of why you started the group that helps to kind of yeah, keep people engaged. Exactly, man. I, I totally agree. And just on that Facebook note, you know, when when something's posted on Facebook, it's posted at a time. Right. So not many people scroll down their whole news feed for the past twenty four hours. You know, if someone's sleeping when you post um an update, they may not see it. And I know that our Facebook's ranking algorithm does try to combat that and does try to deliver content that hasn't been seen mm. as long as it's relevant to you. Right. Um, but, but with email, it's one of the first things people check uh, in the morning and they're going to read the emails, you know, it's, it's what you do or they're going to read it or delete it. So it's got to be good stuff. But that's, that's sort of what I think too. It's, it's like active, it's almost active content. You have to click on it to actually read. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. You've been focusing more on EDM prod right now but how do you balance your music and your business because i know as a producer you always want to be keeping your game up you know you always want to be moving forward with that even if it's not like the ultimate focus but how do you balance when you have to do music and how do you balance when you have to do the business uploading things and and all that um the truth is i i don't do a good job of balancing (laughs) it and it's kind of hard but i do make sure uh, to get production and like consistently because I think that's really important just for keeping, I don't know, keeping primed almost. You don't want to get rusty. Right. Like, as a producer, once you acquire skills, you sort of have them. But I think if you take like a break for six months to a year, you're just not going to be um, 100% when you get back into it. So like I say, most of my time is spent on EDM prod, but – I, I schedule out production time. Like that's something I need to do and it might help other people. So just just using the calendar application and scheduling out at least an hour, I think any less than that and you sort of struggle to get in that flow. You know, after an hour, you're sort of stuck in this zone where everything's just working well. Um, and I often try to devote a full day, at least one full day per week to production. Mm. And I know that's not achievable I mean, that's not doable by everyone, especially if you have a full-time job um, and you're busy in the weekends. But that's 
that's where most of my production work gets done because you just know you wake up in the morning and you, you know that the whole day is production only don't have to worry about anything else and you can just get focused it's a great tip <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah the truth is i don't balance it that well and that's something i'd like to work on i think so if you have any tips for me then <laughs> really appreciate that how, how do yeah. you balance it i uh well i recently started uh really just scheduling uh mm. really mapping out my whole day and uh i have actually yet to really live up to my schedule but um <laughs> because i'm at home so much it's not yeah. it's not so hard for me but um actually the thing that that i've been doing actually i just started it at the beginning of june was live streaming my production sessions mm, mm. so i'll actually have it up on youtube every time or most of the time when i'm producing not every session will be recorded but at least the tracks that i'm releasing just for myself but maybe not the collaborations or or client work that i'm doing but just mm. the my own original releases uh that i that i do i'm going to be doing that from now on and that's been really cool it was funny actually a little side note the first time i did it i just kind of did it as an experiment just to see if I could do it, just how to actually set it up and get it running. And I did. And then like three people showed up and started like commenting. Cause you know, like when you have a, yeah. when you have a live event on YouTube, there's like a comment stream that that's on the side, like a chat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, no way people are actually coming and like <laughs> paying attention to this. So <laughs> I was like, well, I might as well just keep going. And I haven't put yeah. a lot of videos on YouTube lately. And so it's helping me to keep motivated to do that too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, moving back to to you, how did you know you want to help other people with production? Like, when did it become more than just uh, yourself? And what what was driving you to to see other people start to do better with what they're working on? Sure, I think there's two reasons that come to mind. The first one is, um, you know, my background in internet and mm-hmm. co- uh, making content, blogging, and all that kind of stuff. You know, the first blog I ever started was about skateboarding. And I don't know why, just this natural tendency to, to teach people. <laughs> um, so I was teaching skateboarding on the internet. Um, I think it, it stems from like wanting people to, without getting too deep, wanting people to feel the, the same enjoyment and um, love for creative art yeah. that I do. You know, I, I want people to feel that. So I, I don't know, that's why I teach, just because... Yeah, just just so they can experience that same sort of feeling and joy. Like creative art is awesome. Just creating anything. Yeah. What's the one thing you wish you would have known when you first started? Oh, can I say two things? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first one is you aren't as good as you think you are. Uh. It's so easy to get started in anything, um, especially in music production, Spend a few months on it and go, oh, I'm a natural at this. So good. And then you start spamming your work around. No one listens to it. And it's just, I mean, it's not bad inherently because you're going to learn eventually. But my advice to new producers is like, don't talk. Just get in the studio and make a track a day. Put your head down. Put all the work in. And eventually your work will start. don't know if I want to say this. Your work will start uh, sharing itself. Yeah. Now that yeah. that statement comes with a bit of controversy because marketing is an essential part of music. Sure. But um, if you have a good song, 
it's people are going to share it. You want to make music that people listen to and then they feel compelled to share it with their friends. Um, and I'm sure I've shared a few tracks with you. I, I remember sending you one the other day, yeah. uh, the Free Falling remix. And I, I listened to that and I was like, wow, just sent it to five of my uh, friends who I knew would like it. That's the kind of music that you want to make. And that doesn't happen uh, three months after producing for a number sure. of reasons, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think you're not as good as you think you are. And that's not supposed to be a, like, demotivating. It's it's just saying, like, put in the work first. Don't worry about um, trying to make a name for yourself straight away uh, because you need a good product first. Does that make put sense? Your, yeah. Put your head down, get to work, and your music will share itself. Yeah. Great. Um, and yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And the second one is labels aren't all they're cracked up to be. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So I think about two years into producing, I, I sort of got stuck onto this concept of labels. And it sounded so uh, awesome. You know, oh, be signed to a label, get a release on Beatport, have my name on iTunes, sort of thing. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it is, it does look nice. But you sort of get, like so focused on this idea of labels and I was sending work in that was just like looking back on it horrible um, and it would never get signed but you're just wasting time if you think that you're like okay first of all labels don't do that much for you unless you get on a big label so they, they'll do the marketing and promotion um, but I feel like I don't know they're sort of held to a higher regard than they shouldn't mm. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like when labels start to be interested in you, then that's when you know it's time. And I mean, like yourself, you know, you, you self-release work and it, and that does well for you. Yeah. So, I mean, especially in 2014, it's, I'm not going to say it's not the way to go, but it's, it's not the only way to go. If you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, uh, I was running a label and then I decided that that wasn't really working for the direction I was going and mm-hmm. um, having other artists under my label and feeling that I wasn't able to really provide them with the platform that they needed. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, why am I taking, you know, re- a royalty share if I'm just yeah. kind of like, you know, if I'm, if I have just as much reach as they do, what, what's the point? And I think that's what a lot of artists who are starting out really need to realize and really think about before they try to jump into these like super small label deals, especially. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's really all vanity. There's nothing. There's nothing really there. And like you said, unless you're trying to really get on one of those big labels that has you know a, a giant reach, there's no real reasoning for that besides just your own, you know, your own puffing up your ego. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I mean, let's be honest. There are so many small labels who have who are started by fourteen year old kids out right. there. <laughs> yeah, and they'll sign anything because yeah, right. they don't like they don't understand quality control. Yeah, and so it's not hard to get your song on Beatport, but you have to ask yourself why you want it on there because no one's going to buy it if it's on a label with twenty likes on Facebook. If you know what I mean, and it's just I don't know, like. I can't really talk because I was that same person who was trying to get stuff signed after a year of production. Um, but there are a lot of people who come to me, ask for feedback and then ask if it's ready to be signed. And it's not, um, 
so my advice always is you know get back in the studio and put on the work yeah and eventually you'll get to a point where you know you just know that it's it's good enough uh, and that sounds like it sounds kind of cheesy but it's not like you do know i'm sure you'd agree there's a point where you you know that your work is is up to standard but i do think just as a, a sort of a tangent there's going to be interesting movement in terms of labels in the next 10 years just with the models like um, music downloads decreasing and subscription services coming in. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, especially with artists. I'm watching that space very closely. And it's going to be an exciting time to see what happens. You know, recently there was some debate because Cascade's music was getting, you know, copyright takedown requests on SoundCloud. And, and Dead Mouse has done his, his whole uh, service thing for the last couple months. And so... Yeah. Bigger artists who are well established are starting to change their their thinking, you know, about how they want to distribute their music to the fans. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time. Who else? Uh, Matt Zoe, I oh, think, right. is releasing yeah. all his yeah. work for free now. Yeah. So it's definitely an interesting move. It's gonna be cool to watch that and to see what happens. So, what's been your proudest moment so far? Uh, this was, yeah, this is a tough question. Um, <laughs> I don't write down my successes. I, I often like sort of pass them off. Mm. Uh, but I did a vocal track, my first ever vocal track about a year ago. It's still not out yet. Another reason why you shouldn't deal with labels. It takes ah. so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, someone posted on the EDM Productions sub and they were looking for producers to do, to collaborate with. Uh, and I checked out her work and she had one song on SoundCloud. It was amazing, like awesome stuff. Mm. And sent her my music and she liked it. And we worked on the track and it turned out really well. Um, sort of first vocal collaboration, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I don't know, it seemed to turn out well. I got signed and that's that. And the second one in terms of EDM prod was getting my first sort of like thank you email. Mm. And I don't know, it, I'm not one to get over emotional, but it was kind of cool just knowing that I'd impacted someone and helped someone. Um, So yeah, been a few of those, but each time it's just like a sort of a reminder of why I'm doing what I do. It really helps you kind of slow down and realize that if you're affecting one person, that's enough. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I kind of have to keep myself in check too. When I, when I, I do get similar emails like that, you know, cause posting, posting articles or posting videos and, yeah. and all that. And, you know, I'll get a random email from someone and I have to just kind of like take a minute and be like, you know what, if nothing else, if nothing else ever happened, yeah. would this be enough for me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I have to be okay with it. I have to be able to say, yes, this is, this is what I want to do with my life. This is where I feel like I'm supposed to be and uh, just really be thankful for those moments. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that because it can be easy to, even with music as well, I think like, uh, I remember one artist impacted me a lot and, you know, I, I sent him a message and said like, music is awesome, blah, blah, blah. But uh, as a musician, it depends what um, depends on what your goals are. But if you're impacting one person, you know, it sort of makes it worth it. Yeah, It makes those times where you're getting discouraged about your your exposure or your even your production skills at times and all that kind of stuff. So those thank yous and those 
all that kind of stuff really helps. Totally agree. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, um, could be anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'd like to get into commercial production. So, cool. you know, working with um, local artists, uh, maybe even film post-production kind of stuff. I don't know. But I'd love to get into that scene. Uh, not only because it pays the bills, but it's just like a, a whole different board game to EDM production. Yeah. Uh, and of course, working in the production education scene still, I don't think I'll stop doing that. Um, you know, I don't, I've, I don't know if EDM prod will be around in five years. I'm hoping it will be, but if not, then it's going to be something else. So yeah, that's pretty much it. But again, it could be anything. It's a hard question to answer. For sure. Well, thanks again, man, for coming on the show. And we'll uh, get everything uh, linked up in the show notes, all your resources and everything about the the, uh, the website and some other stuff too. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to subscribe to the Ediumpreneur podcast on iTunes. And if you like the show, we'd appreciate a five-star review. It really helps us get our artists' messages to people who need to hear them. See you next time.